All right. Welcome to the Interesting People I Know podcast with me, Carrie Freitas. I am so excited, as always, but maybe even more excited, no offense to my other guests, um, for today. So I have two amazing gal pals, but that's not their claim to fame is knowing me. So they're much cooler than that. So you'll learn all about them today. I have Alex Head. Hi. Hey. <laughs> and I have Carlin Meehan, who you guys will recognize from episode four. Shout out to Carlin. She's here Carlin, again. Carlin, the first returning guest. Yes, actually. Wow. So uh, there you have Maybe it. Maybe I'm just going to crush all your future podcasts. I think you should. Just, Everyone's yeah, welcome. That. I mean, Murphy I just want to be your little shadow. It's fine. Thank you. Murphy Same. says that, you know, we're all invited every week. So any listeners that want to come down, you know, I'll give you the address. You can <laughs> come anytime audience. and visit Murphy, too. I don't know. Even <laughs> if I'm not here, he would probably really enjoy that. Um, so we're going to talk about a lot of things today, and we're going to go off script most of the time today because that's how we roll. But we do all have, like, notes in front of us, which is so official and cool. Um, I want to talk to Alex and Carlin about a lot of things so I can learn a lot of things selfishly and so that the audience can learn a ton of things and be entertained. But I thought, since these gals are millennials, technically, I know there's a whole range. So, I, like, I did my research for one time. This is a new thing. Um, it says millennials are born between 1980 and 1996. But some people even extend it further and say between 1977 and 92. So that's just the facts. Or not even the facts, because there's disagreements. So those are <laughs> those are not facts. Those are just additional opinions. Um, so I think you all both you're both technically millennials, whether you feel like one as they've been I'm painted old, in pop culture. Elder millennial. We're elder millennials. Okay. But I'm more elder than Carlin, for well, the record. I, well, I'm smack dab. I'm I'm 85. Okay. So, I'm, so you, I'm, I'm 83. I can yeah. Well, so either so way, y'all on the cusp. You guys are qualifying <laughs> in both these ranges. I'm just but saying. But isn't this ridiculous? If you were born in 1977, you have such a separate and distinct experience. Yeah. Correct. Somebody in 92. Well, that's why you know no the, way. the Pew Research Center. No offense. I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> um, you probably have your your dates wrong. So we're just going to go with the first date, which I don't have at all. I'm classified as what the source is. So we're just going to go with the unsourced. Um, I think it's more realistic, date. though. Thank you. So that's where we're headed. Um, I have this quote from Simon Sinek, which I want to say real quick. And I think this is interesting. And it relates to millennials in business settings. But this is kind of how pop culture has painted the millennial generation. And I want to just... I want to track test this with you to see if you all agree with it. So he says, millennials are unmanageable in corporations because they are impatient, lazy, and entitled as a result of bad parenting. I would love to hear what your parents would think about this. Addiction to cell phones. I'll cop to that. Mm -hmm. um, and Facebook depression. I have that situationally, but I'm not a millennial. Um, however, it's not the millennials fault. They were dealt a bad hand. So I'm curious. I don't see either of you. I see you as the, antith the antithesis of this as far as how I've seen you show up in work and life. Um, I don't know about your cell phone addiction because I'm not with you enough to understand the depths of that, which is, you know, hopefully well, not We like didn't me. really have social media as much as what I think people would characterize like a true millennial. millennial. Okay. We pretty much went through our entire childhood and, you know, college without it. I think it just started becoming more relevant at the end of our education. Okay. So I think that alone changes the experience completely. Okay. But in general, I think, I don't know, the millennials I know and the, I work with a lot of them and I think they're much more entrepreneurial and they are hustlers, like you said right. earlier, um, than I think the traditional 
stereotype is. Okay. That's my kind of take too, because I think um, whenever I've met the, the entrepreneurial thing is so good that you pointed that out, Alex, because to me, it's like all the millennials I know, like either have a side hustle or mm-hmm. have an idea that they haven't turned into a hustle yet. And I'm like, how is that lazy? I mean, to me, it's like lazy would be just like clocking in and out and mm-hmm. doing like the bare minimum for a gig and and then not caring about it. I have experienced that sometimes. Like there's the range, of course, but I think the majority of millennials that I know and work with are much more inclined to show up every day and truly hustle. But I don't know if that's because the industry I'm in, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. Which is real estate. So there's a ton of, Mm -hmm. you have to hustle to make it. I mean, if you're not hustling in real estate, you're not really in real estate, in my opinion. You eat what you kill. Right. (laughs) So that alone, I think, kind of changes the perspective. But Carlin, you were talking about your brother's. Yeah, you, so you've got like a, you know, really a million brothers or, or maybe five. Um, <laughs> I have five. Okay. But, but it feels like a million. But we're, we are all born within a decade. So at one point, my oldest brother. Can I just give a real quick shout out to your mom for a yeah, second? Oh, God. God bless her. There were six her. kids born within a decade. <laughs> Let's just recognize that. Have a moment of silence. So She's still with us. But I'm just saying that's a, that's a big deal. Okay. So I think that. My oldest brother was born in 81, and then the youngest was in 91. And I previously, before we started recording, I was saying that I can see in men, just by watching my brothers, that each of us had graduated at different points, and we all walked into very different job situations, depending on how the economy Mm -hmm. was. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at one point when I was single and trying to date, and I just felt like I was dating guys my age, and I had graduated college in 2007. So right as this huge recession came in, no one my age, unless you inherited a business or had a parent to work for. I mean, you were taking any, I was nannying. Here I had, you know, um, all this crazy USC debt and I was- an education. Education and I was a nanny. I was babysitting on weekends. Like I was doing whatever it took to just get cash. And so I, I anyone our age, I think, had to take like- A step what, back. A step before back. Before they even got started. Or even taking, taking jobs back. they didn't want to- not in fields they wanted to to those jobs because every job i think is Is like has merit and is worth absolutely but i'm just saying like you know you graduate with a certain degree you expect to be able to put and i don't think it's entitled to be expecting to put that into play immediately in some way but with the depression as it were i mean you know that that great recession Mm -hmm. and i think that's a huge difference now is sorry i just kicked um alex just to you know (laughs) it was a love top yeah i'm into it i think so i graduated in 2006 and just the difference I've seen of millennials have graduated more recently, mm-hmm. there's the opportunities available and truly the job market, you can do anything. And that just was not the reality right. when we graduated. It was really like it was you a were good lucky time to, to walk a into a job now. Yes. <laughs> you didn't totally. leave your job. I think that's another thing I've noticed is mm-hmm. that um, people tend to leave jobs much earlier now. They'll be there for a year, two, three years, and then they make the jump. And we were more of the mindset of like, if you had a job, you were lucky you did not leave that job. You kept your head down, you did your work, and that was it. And, and now your I first think job, more. was it like, you said nine, eight, nine years you were at your first? Yeah, I was there just over eight and a half years. Yeah, which is, I mean, a long time in this mm-hmm. generation and, and day and age. And then how long have you been at your, the paralegal? Since since I mean, graduation, since 2008. Yeah. So 11 so, I mean, it's years. Like, 
So this is kind of not, you know, I think this so far, I'm like, I'm not hearing any of this millennial ennui and like malaise. Well, like we can't. I you know? see it in my youngest brother. So my oldest brother hired when he moved to San Francisco, my youngest brother at the time just graduated Berkeley. And so he hired him. Um, his first job out of college. I mean, lucky my youngest brother, how lucky is he? You know, yeah, didn't really have to amazing. interview. He just kind of walked into a startup with my oldest brother. And after a year, he's like, I got to go. I got to make more money. I got to. And here, I was just kind of laughing because my oldest brother was just like, he's so entitled. Oh, well, so my God. Was it entitlement, though? I mean, I'm asking you. I mean, and no offense to your younger brother. You know, we're not going to name him. And right. people might do some research. But um, I mean, is that entitlement? I don't know. Well, I was just telling my brother. I'm like, that's just a millennial. And heads up, we are technically millennials. Yeah. That's just, he's just a younger millennial. And he's hearing what his friends are making. Okay. He lives in San Francisco. That's a really pricey area. So, so he's going to do what it takes to make rent. And if he feels like he's putting in all these crazy hours right. and he's not being compensated for it, he's going to keep pushing for something better. So I don't think it's entitlement unless he's not qualified, unless he... It's just like, well, you know, I don't really know much, but my friend's making 80 and I want to make 80, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know shit, you know, mm -hmm. and I, but that's, that's entitlement. If you're not committed to a specific industry, I also think it's, you can't just be taking advantage of another opportunity, mm -hmm. which I think, you know, more power to you. Yeah. But if you're trying to grow in a specific industry, sometimes you do have to kind of, you know, bite the bullet and yes. take but, a job yeah. that maybe doesn't pay what it should, but in the long run, it'll pay off. Um, but I think now just because... There's so much available online, so many resources that truly, if you want to make a career shift into another industry, you can. And I mean, I never felt that way. No, growing I didn't that either. Was not... I was like, I kind of like, I'm on a track. I got to stay there. Yeah, exactly. Because you would have had to start all the way over. And like you said, maybe get certifications, go back to school and everyone. And then I was like, nah. Yeah. Like I did that. And I liked what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So it worked out in the end. But it, I feel like now there's just so much opportunity to pivot that never existed before. And I think that had to do with industry and, you know, the rise of social media and yeah. people can create their own careers, truly. And that was not something we grew up with. But no. isn't that kind of like a theme right now, whether it's career or dating in this uh, era, especially with millennials, like the grass is always greener and there's yeah. always like a cooler party. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel like it's always New Year's Eve and right. you're at a party and it, you're having fun, but you're still like, there's a cooler party out there. I know there is. And so you have this like 100% ADD brain where you're not really focused on the task at hand. I feel like you're always kind of like looking around to see what else is available. And that's a good thing. But in some ways. In some ways. Unless well, it's it the highlight them, reel. Yeah. It's the highlight reel. Totally. We totally. But not cut. have that either. Exactly. It's like you're really only showing one side of everything. And I think that can be dangerous in a lot of I ways. Yeah. It's devastating, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to overstate it. But yeah. so, like, tell me a little bit about this is interesting. And this is why I love you guys because we can just go off script. I'm not going to throw it out, but I'm going to keep it in front of me just in case I want to look at it again. Okay. <laughs> Um, you worked so hard on it. I, yeah, I did. Can you tell? Just kidding. I like, like it. I'm going to save it. I'm yeah. just pretending I do research for the show. I mean, let's just let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> um, so with the highlight reel, like, tell me a little bit about how. I mean, are how do you stave off the grass is always greener thing from like fucking up your relationship or your job or your career? Like, how do you look at it for what it is? 
I mean, take inspiration where there might be. Like maybe someone shows you something that they're doing. You're like, oh my gosh, that's my calling. And that's, that's cool. That's, that grass may be greener for you. But how do you not get caught up in like the highlight reel piece and questioning everything you're doing? Is it good enough? Does it measure up? I mean, how do you, is there like some internal discipline? I think truly you have to focus on your own lane. Mm-hmm. You have to water your own grass as corny mm-hmm. as it is. That's true. Otherwise you go crazy. Because mm-hmm. truly, if you consume everyone else's life and not, focus on your own, you can literally drive yourself mad. But I think also, I can't remember what I was listening to a podcast, but it was this theory of like following your jealousy, because if you are jealous of something, it's truly, it means you have an interest in it. And so if you kind of twist it into a positive, okay. and if something's making you jealous or you see someone in a career that you're like, oh, I wish I was doing that, like follow that. There's because, something there for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. So to tease apart like the MVPs. Mm-hmm. To like the content, the real content. Exactly. But I think it it goes both ways because if you truly are just comparing yourself to everything or wondering why them, not me, which yeah. I mean, that happens literally on a daily basis, let's be honest. Yeah. But if you can focus on what you're doing and just really water your grass, that I think helps immensely. Okay. I love that. Well, no one's posting their failures, right? I know. I was thinking, there are a few that know. you know, or, you know, do go a little just to, crazy. Like, have a feed like that where yeah. you're just like, "This is the huge zit on my face after I got a hydrofacial." You know what I mean? Like, what but happened? I, I don't yeah. know how you do it though, Carlin, because especially with art, like, your industry in particular, like that would just be so hard for me. Oh, but see, I have a green monster in me as well. But I did this thing where I cherry picked, and I did this before social media. And this is what made me a tortured teenager. I want <laughs> yeah, her. Sure. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> this is, by the way, this is how to become a tortured teenager. Yeah. This is going to be the takeaway from this segment. <laughs> so if you want to be a tortured teenager, angst, tune in. But but everyone still does this. I want her hair. I want her body. I mm. want her car. I want her husband. I want her house. And then. You know, I had said this to my cousin, who is beautiful, 22, model, and she's whining to me, and she's just like, oh, I have to do this and that. I'm like, no, you're you're right on target. You need the shitty apartment. Yes. You need the shitty boyfriend. You need the shitty car. You need the shitty job, because these are part of the building bro- blocks to give you contrast to know where you're headed. And if you don't have those things, this is where I think millennials are kind of fucked is that yeah, you have you that. you have these parents that come in and try and save them. Yeah. They're giving them ki- they're giving them money because it is expensive to live in an apartment and you know and they're not making the rent or whatever. But the part of I think really successful people is that you're given enough but like my dad if I needed $500, my dad would give me $450. <laughs> It was like he made me hungry for the last 50. It wasn't solved. And it was like it was a controlled, fucked up situation. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but there is. But there was a part of him that was just like, I'm going to give you a leg up. But you're a smart girl. You'll figure it out. Right. But I don't think there's enough parents out there that are willing to let their kids eat shit. It's hard. I'll tell you as a parent. Um, And I'm not a parent. So I can't judge that. But I agree with you. It's like, and when I look back and, you know, if my kids, I think my kids have started to tune out my podcast just because they're like kids and they're like, enough, mom. Like, I've heard your voice, you know, for like now it's been like four consecutive hours. Like, (laughs) I do play it in the house, but everyone, I think, puts earplugs in. So, but I think, you know, if I'm honest about it, like I have tried to fight my kids' battles um, largely, solve their problems, make every landing easy. Um, And there's a fine line between support 
mm-hmm. you know, and enabling or like just not letting them learn things. And I think that as parents, especially when you were raised maybe by we're all imperfect people, maybe you were raised by someone that was a little more than imperfect and you want to like make it all up for them or you were a latchkey kid. And you just always want your kid to have a face when they get home. Like who said that's even a rule? And like who said that's not who said it's bad for them to come home to an empty house once in a while? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, but I think there's been such this like whiplash from my generation where, you know, people weren't home and you're like watching TV as your friend and, you know, which again, isn't that bad. I mean, to be honest, as you it now, right? Netflix. Yeah, but you're going to come and make it better. Yeah. And I'm always trying to like make it better for my kids, which I think is a, a nice come from, but I don't think you should do everything for your kids. But I think it is a fine line as a parent mm. to, to see because you find yourself doing it. And you're like, shit. Like, mm-hmm. I should have let him figure that out. I should let her take that all the way to the end. And, of course, I'm there if something gnarly happens. But, yeah. I mean, let him stumble a little bit. I think there's a book called The Blessings of a Skinned Knee. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that had a lot of great lessons for me when I was reading it. Like, oh, you know, it's okay for them to fall down because mm-hmm. that's how they learn. And when we see, especially where we live, a lot of people give their kids everything. And I'm talking about not just, like, the 450. I'm talking about buying them a home and their cars and everything. It's like, I think those kids, it seems really cool. I mean, on, on certain days, I'm like, shoot, that is nice. And on other days, I'm like, what do they have to look forward to? Yeah. I mean, they've already got the dream home and they've got, you know, and they're like mm-hmm. in their late 20s, early 30s. And I'm like, where is there to go from there? I mean, like, what what's going to bring meaning to your life? I mean, I'm, there are probably answers to that question. Mm-hmm. I don't have to figure them out because it's not my life. Right. But I'm just like, there is something to be said for letting people figure it out. Um, millennial or not, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I just think that's, you know, to me, um, you all have like done a great job. I think you've got really supportive parents, mm-hmm. um, but you've also stayed hungry and made your own way. And I think that's like the best of all worlds, right? Because you always know that your family's there. Truly. I right? mean, we're, I think, all very lucky in that sense. Yeah. And I think it's also who you surround yourself with. It's your friend group. Mm-hmm. Huge. And I think... Well, Carl and I both went to SC, but we did not know each other there. But when we met, we like clung to each other. And I think it's just like you you meet these people in your life through different circumstances. When you really find people that you connect with and who are kind of on the same wavelength, like that's, I think, makes a huge difference too. Like your tribe, right? Yeah, totally. Find your tribe. Yeah. Totally. And Especially think, with like yeah. the consuming of content online, mm-hmm. like that factors into your life, I think, so much more than people realize. And especially with the rise of social media, like I'm, I just feel so thankful that I did not have social media in high school because I think I would have gone crazy. Most people feel that way. Oh my gosh, it's like, I think thank it's God bad. that's not on video. Yeah, and gl- it's not even so much like I have friends are like thank God because I would have been posting all these ridiculous things. Mm-mm. Like it's not even that. It's just seeing what other people were doing or knowing you weren't invited to that party yes. or whatever. That would have literally killed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it could be so hurtful, awful. And Ignorance high school is hard enough. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. And I think truly, like, no one has that anymore. Well, no. I I had heard, and I'm stealing this, and I'm going to credit it. Like, I came up with it. But you don't have to. No, credit I totally it. ripped this off of somewhere. We rip but, off things on this show. But That's we used to be a society of creators, right? right. My mom was talking about. <laughs> she was like. When I graduated high school, I remember at Newport Harbor Field, Davidson Field, she's like, you'll never see these people again. Fuck them. Like, whatever. You know, you know. 
And then years later, we're having lunch. She goes, that was terrible advice. Like, oh, my God, Instagram, Google, whatever. You don't even have to be on social media. But she was right for a previous generation. Yes, but she was saying, my mom grew up in um, Laguna Beach, but she was saying, God, you know, at these high school reunions, she goes, this person became a multimillionaire and this person did this and this. But she goes... I was just raising my family. I had no. Your mom had her hands full. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She was busy <laughs> all bit. the boys creating her bit. own <laughs> deal, but she didn't know what people were up to, and she until she literally got to a high school reunion mm-hmm. versus That's how it us, was before. Where yeah, we had our tenure. No one went because we I already know go. what people are up to. Like there was no sense of like needing to come together right. to figure out what people are up to and reconnect because we're all kind of socially connected loosely. Yep. Whether we do you think we that's sad or not? Like, do you think it's it weird sad. because it's kind of like a fake connection? I mean, you you know what they're up to, but you're not really talking like to them level? or relating I don't to know. them. I, I mean, I, I didn't love high friends. school, so I was kind of glad to leave it behind. But I mean, I'm just. But don't you feel with our girlfriends? Like, I will admit this: that because if people post enough, I feel like I have enough taste of like what's going on in their world, even though we have not spoken on a phone. Like, I feel like, oh, she's posting. Oh, they were on vacation. Okay, I'll hear about that later. But I, now I have no real incentive to try and catch up or right. see what's Which, going that, on. But I think we're sad? still good about, like, actively seeing each other yes. in real life. Oh, yeah. But, but And there's definitely people in my life who I 100% would have lost touch with just by nature of life happening yeah. that I still feel close to because of social media or whatever it might be that's, like, another way of keeping in touch with people. I have a lot of family that does not live in the U.S., so that is another way right. that I feel like touch. it's amazing. Yeah, especially with the time change. Like, it's just such a cool way to keep in touch with people. But it has definitely replaced a lot of, like, the mystery of what are people up to. I, no, I definitely did not go to we, my reunion. Well, but To follow, yeah. follow up, it's like we become now – before we were a society of creators and now we're a society of observers. So we're observing each other and we're kind of – keeping tabs on people that way and i think that also distracts people from working on their own totally so here we are like i definitely am very much in this boat where i see oh well she bought a house but then they did this and then and so i'm watching what other people are doing and yet i'm a i'm an artist so i have a different lane and i'm trying to stick to my lane and, and that avenue but you can't help but compare and contrast like am i on track well can we talk about am i the am track? i in the right okay. place because then you're questioning your own the existence is a bitch now let's talk moves. about the track because honestly who, i hate the i'm track. wondering who got to say the track was the track like who is who is like the track master who says the track is this the track is 25 <laughs> right? years old with mm-hmm. this partner and at 28 it's this i mean mm-hmm. like who determines that first of all i don't know if there's a track person well i ha- Okay. Of being women, first of all, we grew up with baby dolls. So it right. was like we were kind of being groomed, like you're going to have a family one day. And what does that look like? Right. So what's your dream of that? And you play like the game of life. And like you, yeah. you get bummed when you get boys and you want girls in the car. <laughs> well, you know, and you then, want the pink little pegs. And you're like, shit, I have boys. You, you know? just kind of go down the little route. Ra- like you go to high school. Then you go to college. And then you can get a good job. And then you'll meet somebody at that job. Right. And then you'll have- I mean, that's, that was fed to me too. And I'm like, I just... I basically brought it to life because that was the expectation. But now the millennial is like, we're going yeah, so we to take that? a knife to that. Does well, it- and just the nature of dating now is so different. Like online dating was not a thing. when Even when we graduated college, mm-hmm. I feel like 
maybe Match existed, but I didn't know anyone on it. And definitely none of the swipe apps existed. No. So I think just how people are meeting their spouses now is so different Mm -hmm. that it's changed the game completely. Can you tell me like what it's like? um, Because you all both have like amazing careers that you've established, I think, at a young age. And it may look different to you because you're living it. So, But to me, from the outside, looking at how young you both are, um, you, you've come a long way already. But I mean, ha- has it been, can we talk about like how it feels to be career focused and really developing yourselves? And then you have a lot of friends that are already married with kids. And is there like any cognitive dissonance on your part that you're like, oh, like on a bad night, do you wish that was you? Are you glad you're where you're at? You know, and I know it's a big question, so I'll let you kind of go one at a time, mm-hmm. revive. Yeah, I don't know. Other. I feel like um, I'm very thankful for my career. Like, even on the bad days, like, big picture-wise, I'm super thankful for that. And I don't think I would have had the same maybe driver direction if I had gotten married and had kids younger, mm-hmm. for the record. No husband, no children right now. So that's just, like, not part of my life. Yeah. But it's funny because I always thought – you know, I had friends who got married pretty young, a lot of friends, and then they started having kids. And I was like, oh, I'll catch you when you start having the second. Now I have kids, friends who are having their third and fourth, and I'm still like, okay, I'll catch you next year. <laughs> like, you're all, you on that. I'll catch you on the, uh, yeah. the baker's dozen when you get exactly. to the 13. I'm like, your kids will babysit my kids, so this is great. <laughs> I don't know. It's very different. And I think just dating now, it's like you can get burnout. Like it's not as organic anymore. Even when you go out with friends, like no one's really talking to each other. You're there either with the people you're with or you go for a specific reason, but it's very rare that you would meet someone in the wild. Like I know two people of my Are entire friend group. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has met online and they're fantastic partners and they're truly relationships that you would want to have. Like these are people that are will be together forever, but it's just so different. And mm-hmm. with the whole notion of swiping left and right and that you can set up three dates in one day, yeah. like it's just such a different approach and it's the, you know, quality over quantity factor, like people do it the opposite where it's like how many people can I go through to find the one um and you do you get burnout like it's it's very weird and I don't know dating is so weird in general it's not my favorite I'll be honest but <laughs> I hated dating like I just am not a dater yeah. like I just want to be in a relationship or not it's like, weird you know because I, mean? I love meeting new people like yeah, me I too. thrive off of that and in the industry that I'm in I meet a lot of new people all the time and it's one of the parts that I love about it so you would think dating's not that different, like but truly. It kinda, why is but it though? It's it is exhausting. Different. It's exhausting, and it's kind of a pain in the ass, which mm-hmm. is not a good attitude. And I understand my mother would kill me, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm a, I agree. Nancy. I had to take long, t- like chunks Breaks. of time. Well, it was weird. There was no dating at USC. It was like hookup city, which right college is not dating. Or no. you had a very serious boyfriend from high school. So right. like. Pick a team, and yeah. I didn't belong on either team. So I just went to all the the, the parties and, and exchanges yeah. with friends and 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 guy friends. But right. the, you know, it really took the pressure off the dating scene. So then, when I became like in my mid twenties, started to work, and you're not meeting people yeah. your age, it like freaked me out that I was mm-hmm. like, I don't how know I how to date. Somebody? Well, yeah, how do I date? Like how? how well, that's a big question. How, how do, do I date? like? What's appropriate now? Because 
things had changed so much. And then Why I didn't can't have... you just meet someone in the produce aisle at Trader Joe's? <laughs> Honestly. Well, that's how it used to happen. When I first moved to San Francisco, no I mean, I way. had, I had, well, I didn't know. I mean, that's not how it happened for me. But I mean, because I met, you know, Dave, my first husband at work at Saks Fifth Avenue on my like, you know, summer between fourth and fifth year at UCLA. But I mean, when we moved up to San Francisco, there was the Marina District Safeway. And literally, it was like the pickup place. Like if my friends that didn't have boyfriends <laughs> would amazing. go to the Marina District Safeway Produce Department. Produce, okay. Friday, 530 to 6. Cruise with a cart or a handheld basket. Would you take your pick? Um, and they would meet people. Like literally, that's how it happened. And that's like before social media and wow. all that kind of stuff. That was the meat market. Totally, but it was produce. I mean, yeah, yeah. it was like I a have vegan friends meat market. That have met people online that they had already met in real life, life. or yes. had done seen that. at events, but had never actually spoken to, and would not have been together had it not been I for mean, an app. That's kind of a cool kismet kind of a deal. I mean, but it's in a way, also it's so sad. crazy that if the app hadn't existed, like, would they have met in real life? Are people like, not the making as much of an effort to me. Do you know what I mean? Because can it, is the app like a crutch? Because like, yes. you're out in public, and like normally you'd have to before mm-hmm. apps like go across the room and introduce yourself to that guy versus mm-hmm. like waiting to see if you swipe later. You know what but, I mean? Well, like stranger danger. You know, it's a thing. I mean, well, here's the deal with people the app. Are weird. You're on an app for a reason. There's an intention there. So if you're on a dating app, right. you're there to date. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, or meet hope. somebody or whatever. You right. know, you're looking to There's hook up. There's an intention yes. to connect. Not everyone. Not, yes. Well, but I'm saying hook up, okay. date. Like the intention is to meet someone. Yes. Okay. Yes. For some and, whatever your purpose yeah. is, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pick your poison. Trolling, but, stalking. Um, no, I'm kidding. Hopefully uh, not. But when you are out. You don't know if somebody's single or not necessarily. But that's kind of awkward. A lot right? of people don't wear rings. Yeah, I've met many men who. That's true. It's you're just awkward. like, is he single or not? Like he's being very nice to me, but maybe unless he's just you're being like nice to me. one of the princes of Wales, which I'm glad Harry wears a ring, but unless you're a prince of Wales, you have to wear a ring, in my opinion. Yeah. Sorry, that's yeah, my, you just have that's to my make take. it known. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a little pass for you know Harry's older brother. Otherwise, put a ring on, dudes. <laughs> Does and Harry's older brother not wear a ring? Yeah, it's thing? like it was like an HRH thing. Like his royal highness does not. I mean, for some what? reason they never wore rings. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's a big either. deal that Harry's wearing one. Really? Yeah. You think Megan's going to have him not wear a ring? Please. I mean, Megan's freaking. She knows what's up. She knows. Yeah. She. <laughs> Speaking of people that I like to stalk on Instagram. <laughs> That's Megan amazing. Markle, I did not know that fact. HRH. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, so this is the takeaway again. So we've had two takeaways so far on the show. We have probably more, but one about how to be a, you know, like a tortured teen yes, in absolutely. high school. So cherry pick. Whether you're a teen now or you want to go back to being a teen and tortured, you got that. And then <laughs> now you have the HRH ring thing. So now yeah. we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Facts. dating's gnarly because, and I've told the story, I'm not going to name names, but like when I had my first date after being divorced, you know, I asked a guy out, but I guess I wasn't like super clear in my intention. And so the date was like more like I just got like a lot of advice on how to be divorced and then helped him get back with his ex um, girlfriend. So, <laughs> so you were like his therapist. Basically. Yeah. Over over some delicious Vietnamese food. Um, but it was kind of depressing because I'm like, you don't even know this is a date. Like yeah. and I like blue dry my hair, <laughs> sucking in my stomach the whole time for you. There's no appreciation. Right. Oh, man. And I couldn't even, his car was so fancy. Like I couldn't even work the door, like to close my own door to get into his car. <laughs> That's amazing. So I was like struggling because the struggle was really embarrassing. And I was like, this is so. Dating this is, is exhausting. Yeah. And so that was my example of my date. And then my second date luckily was my now husband. Thank, Thank God. God. The universe knows. He like, was your second date? Yeah. See, as stressful as dating is, like it is, you do meet really cool people. Like I've 
I mean, it's, it's had it happens. Luck with it, like with online dating, but it's also like you go through cycles and I'm on a break yeah. right now. Well, I, no, just I, can't. It's I was exhausting. with a friend last night and she's, you know, been divorced for I think a year now and she's just not ready yet. And I totally get that. And mm-hmm. she's um, like working on herself. You know what I mean? And I think that's awesome. Like, and I think, you know, you both. And again, like I'm not in your inner life, but I mean, it seems like you do a lot of work on yourselves, not just career, but you're like thoughtful about like, you know, why you, why you're operating in this world and how you want to show up and what your family means to you. And, um, I really admire that. I think a lot of women, myself included, just kind of sublimated all that, uh, that journey, whether it was too scary healing old wounds or whether it was like, just wasn't happening then but I mean I just like basically was like I got to do the track I got to get married have kids which I'm glad of course I love my kids I wouldn't trade it but it's just like you know as we were talking in the pre-show it's like you think about and again I don't think about it with like so much longing that I'm gonna go back to angsty teen and live it over again (laughs) but it's like you do think about like the path and like the choose your own adventure thing where it's like what if I'd gone through that door yeah Um, I don't torture myself with it but it's kind of interesting to think about I'm like, would be would I be on the mm-hmm. Today Show right now? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not, because I wouldn't want to conform to the weight ideals, but um, or wear or wear enough makeup to really look good on HD. That's the one thing about. I'm glad I didn't go to broadcast journalism. Is the HD TV thing Ugh, brutal? Ain't nobody look good. No, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. So that would be hard. But just interesting. And so, I guess my question to you is, um, are you glad to be all in on the career thing? Like, is that fulfilling to you? I mean, I know you will, you both want more and are, and have more than that. You're not just like a one note mm-hmm. person, but are you glad that you've spent the time working on you and, and your career? Does that feel good? Do you, do you think about that? I will say that I always knew when I was little that there were things I wanted to do. I had an example. I had a mom that was a mom of a lot of kids and she got depleted and how could you not? I, mean, I oh witnessed that and she worked and then you're she didn't, but she was just managing so much. If she wasn't managing her household, she was a manager and managed a lot of other people. And I selfishly wanted to do the opposite. I wanted to take care of myself. I wanted mm-hmm. my own money. I wanted my own rules and I wanted to be in charge. So I always had a feeling that also maybe out of fear too, like, oh, well, you know, I'll get to that relationship part when I have this career thing figured out. Because I just felt like if a guy came along, and also no real guy came along too. So Okay, so it was I, like part intention and part, part like universe and, yes, and the timing. Like if, um, you know, that I want to be pretty solid, like, a you know, I want my roots deep into whatever I am so that I don't get blown sideways. So that that was always, and I was I always felt like I was going to get married o- older or do that that okay. uh, the home life thing later. Later, I always felt that way. Okay, and Alex, for you, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm happy that I've focused on the career side so much because I think it is it can be very competitive, but I do truly like feel fulfillment from career. So I'm so good. happy about that. And I mean, for example, I would not have known you, Carrie, had we I not been working in right. that industry. Like that's how we met. And so um, I do feel a lot of fulfillment with that. I still have a lot of things I want to do in the career aspect. And I always think about what's next. Do I need to pivot? You know, just by nature of, I don't know, my age, I'm not really sure. But um, 
I don't know. The relationship thing is interesting. Like, I would like to get married and have kids, but I also feel like, okay, one step at a time. Like, let's yeah. slow your roll. But maybe my role has been a little too slow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I mean, to me, it's like I admire where you all are at. And I feel like, you know, the universe does deliver the person when the person needs to show up. I mean, that's my belief. Um, you have to be open. I think, like, one kind of interesting thing that has come up that also did not exist back when we were job hunting. So my employer will pay to freeze your eggs. That is something that is um, covered. Is this for real right now? I'm yes. loving this. And I have friends at work who have done it. Um, is this their way to get you? Okay. I mean, is this kind like of an like an Orwellian policy. thing? Okay. Because like, I'm like, you can work as hard as you want, as late as you want, because the eggs are waiting for whenever. Honestly, I think it's more of a competitive um, health package. That is something that is, I guess, somewhat standard in a lot of the larger tech companies. Okay. I'm like loving that. And they are trying to be competitive in that. And so that's something that our health insurance covers. But I don't feel like that's something I want to pursue. Okay. And I don't really know why, but it's just not – I feel like I would sooner adopt than go that route. Okay. But it's not something I really want to do on my own either. So for me, it's more like focusing on my career. I would like to meet someone. That would be great. But I also don't feel like I'm not the one that's going to go have kids by myself. It just doesn't – I don't know. No, don't. It's not for me. I think it's way too hard. I mean, you know, Godspeed to anyone that's doing it either intentionally or otherwise Mm -hmm. as a single parent just Mm -hmm. because they've been thrust into that position. Mm -hmm. But it's just – it's you need a partner in it. I just – I feel – and it's it's not because I have like old-fashioned values. No, 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 not at all. No, it's just hard to live. (laughs) Your partner can be a parent, like your parent. I mean, but just to survive it. But I also see like – so on my dad's side of the family, I have, you know, aunts and uncles who have a lot of kids. That's the Catholic side. They have a lot of children. But on my mom's side, I have an aunt and uncle. They have no children. And I've kind of seen both. And, you know, not having children, they have, you know, also a great life. They travel a lot. They totally. have a, you know, Freedom more flexibility. To, yep. It's a different life. But, I mean, it's not bad. And I think society kind of mm-hmm. pushes this yes. narrative of – it's like a less than option. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or like so, you're selfish or you weren't good enough yeah, to have kids. Or you're, I don't know. It's like a moral um, judgment. It's like, oh, you're not procreating. You know, which I I've never understood that. Like, how many of my sorority sisters that are married, I mean, married young, okay. and are not going to have children. And I admire the decision because honestly, it's a big freaking job. It's a decision. And, you know, if you're not going to be able to really do it 110 million percent. Let's not do it. And no judgment either. Right. Like, there's no, like, Puritan work ethic on having there's kids. There's a lot of people you know on I mean? this planet. I don't know. I'd, we don't need more people. We don't need more we're people. We're good. Yeah. We're, yeah. We tapped out. But I think, like, tying it back to the whole, like, millennial mindset, though, like, that whole concept of freezing your eggs and, like, having an employer mm. pay for it, like, that was not an option when oh we God. were no. 22, that's 23. Like, no. My eyes are, like, popping out of my head at it. And it's not because <laughs> I'm judging it. I'm just, like, that's, like, out of the realm. Like, yeah. I'm, like... So okay. I feel like it also gives you more options. Like, yeah, totally. Your eggs are real fresh at 24. I mean, <laughs> I know. Oh my god, my eggs right now, literally, like they're the eggs you kept in the fridge and you just don't want to use. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, you know, because you don't even know if an egg expires. Totally. I mean, well, that's like, what in they the say. Fridge. Like, yeah, you can do it later in life, but I don't even it, know. They're what not that looks real like. fresh. It's not recommended. It would have like a not fresh. And maybe that would change a lot of trajectories for people if they were able to pursue that. That was like again. Not something – I mean, we were lucky if we had dental insurance. Like, these were not things that existed when we graduated no. college. And mm-hmm. now it's apparently somewhat normal. A lot I of my friends have that. I think it's great that companies that, are stepping yeah. up. And to me, though, like, do you feel like – because you just brought this up, Alex, in your last comment was like, 
is your track or is the track for millennials different than the track before? Or because I see a lot of like your like, um, you know, contemporaries that I know doing the traditional track too. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen Mm -hmm. y'all like, and there's that. And then I've seen like some, a lot of traditional track. Yes. Is that because we live in the bubble? Yes. Maybe because they they don't have to worry about making money. Correct. There's a lot of, I mean, realistically, there's a lot of old money in Orange County. And most people your age are not putting their own down payment on homes or maybe even buying their own home. I mean, I think in our bubble, in the bubble within the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Southern California. Or they they didn't pay for their own school. Southern California, you you buy a home, that's a million dollars. I mean, it's (sighs) It's just like crazy. And so you you need very few people. Actually, I could name one person I know our age who bought their own home on their no. Yeah. No co-signer. No. And um, that's super and, rare. And that's super awesome. But uh, it's just also what we're seeing. I mean, my mom made kind of a point to me because we were like talking about her at my age and me at my age. And, every you know, a lot of times family members will call me cat because they think, you know, my dad called me cat all the time because we look so much alike. Okay. Um, and... Uh, she was like, well, gosh, at your age, I think I was pregnant with baby three or four. And and I, I mean, was like, yeah, and you owned a home in Bayshores and you had a yeah. Yacht Club membership. Yeah, I mean, it's and so you different. had this and that. Jeez, I mean, and, but there are those people now, too. Yes. However, of your generation. But for me, oh, yes. But I was saying to her, like, you know, I wanted to go to Tokyo with my brother last year. And we went. I mean, yeah, you could have done that. Week. Yeah, multiple times. So. She was just saying, like, as much as we are alike, we really have become very different women. Yeah. And when I'm explaining things to her, it's not good or bad. And that's where I don't – I this is why I don't think that the millennial question is, like, whether they're bad or good. It's just new. And we're all – I just would have a hope that every generation bef- before – you know, helps them out in where they're going. So like mentors, coaches, supports. I feel like that's so normal now that like, that's another thing I never really considered. And I I mean, it existed obviously, but when I was kind of going through a harder time in my career of like not knowing what direction I was taking, I never really thought I need a mentor. But Mm. now I feel like, I mean, even just with podcasts, like you can make people you've never met your mentor because of following them along. Mm -hmm. But truly, I think that's something that um, it's like I almost feel obligated that once I'm approached or if someone asks me for advice or to get coffee or if I have a friend that says, can you meet with this other person you've never met? Like I always say yes. I love that. I think it is our obligation. Alan was asking me because we're taking on an intern this summer. He's like, you know, hey, babe, that's like so great, but that's a lot of extra work. And like, is there, what's the ROI on that for you? And I'm like, the ROI is not even something I'm measuring from a works production mm-hmm. standpoint. And it is a drain on time, not mostly for my team, not really for me, but it's like, it's an obligation, mm-hmm. I think, to give people those people. I got those opportunities. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those people need opportunities. I need to do that. So I guess before, because I'm like for once watching the clock, which is so interesting. So we have like 10 more minutes. I want to talk about how, and again, I think we've we've kind of like debunked the millennial thing. I think everyone's, I mean, generational, there are generational differences. We will acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Times have changed. There's social media. The world's flat. We can pursue different <laughs> careers tomorrow, you know, with relative ease. Yeah. Um, 
and you know everyone's got their own path. And even back in my day, some people took a non-traditional path, and some people took a traditional path, and that mm-hmm. still continues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially in our bubbles, are hard place to judge because I feel like it's not real. You know that the money here is not real, and the the choices that get to be made because of that safety net are like not real life in a lot of cases. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how can you like you know from as your generation of women, like how can other women or men like mentor, support and coach you? Like, what do you look for in a mentor? Like, you know, how can people step up? It's kind of funny because I've noticed a lot. There's so much out there right now for, um, I think people in their twenties who are kind of trying to figure out their career or like starting out. There really isn't much that I have found when you're like in your mid Mm thirties and you've been working now for well over a decade And we still have, like, I still feel like I need direction sometimes or, like, how should I approach this? Or These are my concerns, that kind of thing. And truly, I think you need a mentor for that kind of Mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just less resources. Like, there's so much focused on starting your career. Yeah. But there really isn't a lot out there actively that I've not seen anyway for, like, okay, you've been in your career now. Like, you are committed to the career. But Mm -hmm. now what? So I That's a really good point. I I think women unlike men, men can be friends with men of all other ages. Right. Women kind of stick to their own kind depending on where you are in your life place. Yep. So in my 30s, I've made a huge commitment to make girlfriends of all ages. Not just older, younger. I'm and remembering the fact that we said we were starting a group and I just forgot that until right now. <laughs> no, so we're still starting okay, it. Okay, would you remind still me? Still happening. I'm going to remind you to get your coffee email. thing at the end. I but left yeah, my keys yeah, by the coffee. The keys, your keys, your coffee, and the group. Essential. Perfect. But okay, thank this you. is where I think younger girls can also be inspiring too. Like, I have a little neighbor, Sarah, and she's 22, but she's so... I thought she was like three, by the way. No. I have this little neighbor. She's on her big wheel. Little, yeah. <laughs> Sarah's like she's in her starting her first business. She's yeah. just this little hippy dippy. But what I get from her and what what we lose is the simplicity in things, the joy and simplicity. I yeah. think for her, like when I want to go have fun, I'll go hit up Fashion Island and buy things. She'll go on a hike. Like yeah, she'll right. go, you know, she'll make use of the beach. She'll ride her bike and go have a picnic on the beach. When was the last time I you mean, did that? sounds great. Right? Can someone so, set it up for me? I'll I show. I just later. think intern. That that's, isn't that why you have oh, the intern? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I got to remember that too. That's on the interns list. That's the on. ROI right there. Yeah. But I, I, I do think that there are things we need to, what people can do well, we need to kind of observe from each other. Yeah. And that's what younger, you know, they are saying millennials are really rude, you know, but there's also some probably bad patterns they're seeing and they're just calling people out yeah. on it. I mean, maybe they're I was, just not passive aggressive or something. I you have know, to maybe say, they're just honest. I loved following on Twitter all the Parkland um, oh, those students mm-hmm. because if there was defiance at yeah, they're its calling best, shit out. They're pissed yep. and they're going to make change. And they should be pissed. And my favorite tweets for them to all these older politicians is, "We will outlive you." Yeah. So, so basically, it's ultimate fuck you. It's like, okay, you'll have your little time cronies that are doing nothing. But the sun's setting, baby. Yeah. Because you're in your seventies, right? So we're coming. Exactly. Good. So I do I want think that come. now we are in this block of time and, and it's just the way the how fast the world is. It's just everybody can change careers. You can be older and change a career. Which I There's love. There's online classes. There mm-hmm. are ways to contact people you want to get to know. It's just like I think that there there's more 
tools out there for people to get what they want. The hardest thing is people need to figure out what they want. Well, and here's the thing, too, and I think Alex brought up a good point also, is that there is this no person's land between starting your career tips and then people like me, midlife, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where, you're, where are you at? Do you want to go back into the workforce? Or it's time for a new chapter, Carrie. You know, it's time to be a podcaster. <laughs> relaunch. You know? I'm relaunch, into your relaunch, though. I love relaunch. You know? I love but, it. But I mean, I feel like you all are at an age where it's like even more critical. Like, I've already had a career that I continue and maybe I relaunch some other side hustles. But you all are in the thick of it and at a place where you're midstream and there are still choices, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like... I think mentoring is really good. And do you seek those mentors out? Um, I mean, there should be programming on this, mm-hmm. I feel like. So mm-hmm. maybe that's your guys' podcast, just saying. Um, you know, and you I know mean, the I would here do with, this with every Murphy. day with you too. Right? So. Is this great? So tell me, like, how, tell me how I can, as like a, a 50-year-old woman, um, tell me how someone like me can help mentor you guys. Mm. Like, tell me how, like, someone showing well, up. Wine like, would definitely help. be involved. Okay, good. Okay, that's just great. to like put it out there. So you know, <laughs> at least I love my to mentor talk about would this. be okay with. Okay, wine. Your mentor has wine. Okay, yeah, good for sure. How else do they show up for you? Honestly, I think it doesn't have to be that big a deal. Even just like checking in, or I don't know. I feel like if I wanted to reach out to you, I could. I don't mm-hmm. feel like it has to be like from the mentor to the other person. Uh-huh. Okay, but. I think just checking in with your team and the people around you, I think, is almost enough just to get the conversation started. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Because I, I want other people listening that need a mentor at whatever stage they're at to understand, like, what to ask for, how to ask for it, and how people like me or you all for a younger generation can show up. That's what I'm hoping to kind of – I think I, you just have to be respectful of people's time. Like, yes. that's the number okay. one. Yeah. Like, if I were going to approach someone, like, maybe a coffee, even though I think wine would be more fun. Yes. <laughs> but not a whole dinner or dominating part of their day. Like, initial conversation should be, I think, like an hour max. Yes. And then continue on from that. But I think also something that people don't take advantage of enough is like your network almost where, yeah. okay, maybe you meet with someone for an initial coffee, but what that person can really provide you is introducing you to two other people. Mm-hmm. It and doesn't so ask for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know that when I, um, so I did this this last year because I was building up uh, Meehan Studio. So I really, and that was more the business side of doing the real art. estate with mm-hmm. art. And then, and then that was bleeding into my own personal art. And I just took out as many women as I knew that had their own businesses and asked them, what did you do? Love it. What was your first call? Who, who do I need on my team? Do I need a CPA? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, how did you find your person? Like I – then I got better with the questions. So the first question was what do I do? And right. then I felt like the lunch went for two hours and <laughs> yeah. then I was really being a burden. And then I got smarter questions. And then it was like if I have these kinds of issues or then the questions became if I – tell me about your first big fuck up. Tell love me. that question. People love when you ask them questions. I mean, I, I think you all know that. Yes. But I mean, it's such a great way to engage people. And people love to share 
their mm-hmm. experience. Because when somebody shares like a failure, it's not to glamorize it. No. But what it is, is they're, they're, they're kind of sharing what their thought process was and what they weren't thinking about. And then that is the gold I'm trying to dig up. Yes. So I ask a lot of that. Like, what are some things that you wish you had done differently mm-hmm. that might so help good. me? Doesn't mean I'm not going to fuck up because I'm here No, you'll too. fuck up in your own way. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm going to have my own. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, You're on everyone, track. Everyone Stay in your lane. Like, your fucked up lane is different than my fucked up lane. Yeah. Yes. But it, but what I do love from that too is like you get through it. Yeah. So these are – and here's the new CPA I like. Right. Which <laughs> and is great. Their and that's so valuable. So that's also how I found valuable people to add to my team because it's small network. Like if you're good at what you do, you're yep. valuable and people are going to know about it and they're going to ask you to be a part of their team. Yeah, which is great. So – Okay, I love that. That's that was my kind of mentoring ship, and I, my whole goal is to become such a wealth of information. I can be a valuable mentor right. to somebody else. I'm still not there, so I kind of know that. But I mean, you can still mentor. You don't have to be like done to mentor. You know what I mean? No, and I think peer to peer mentoring yeah, can okay, also be really great. Point. Maybe it's not called mentoring at that point, but like Carlin and I work in very different industries. And because of that, I think we're able to have really honest conversations with each other about what are you struggling with or what would you recommend for this or here's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of nice getting perspective from outside your immediate day to day. Totally. Um, And even though we're kind of in the same place, quote unquote, in Mm -hmm. life, um, it's super helpful, I think. Yeah, I love it. Because also there's taboo subjects like money. Um, which, these, which I don't think should be taboo, actually. Well, that's like it's we just, need to demystify this Well, stuff and right that's now. just, you know, like, certain things. Thing. Like, you know, how do I ask for this? How, right. do, how do I word this email? Yeah. Um, it's just kind of getting that. and it's But it's also coming from somebody you, you respect. Right. Somebody who's done the work. Yes. Somebody who's really made a name for herself in an industry. So it's like, okay, I really respect your opinion, but um, – how do I ask for this from this client? Right. What do you, or, you know. And I, I think the peer-to-peer thing is awesome. I'm yeah, glad you brought it up. I that. think it's, it's nice to be able to talk to someone. I think there's huge value in talking to someone in your industry, but they're always going to come with their own perspective on like right. what their experience has and been. And it's colored and filtered by your industry versus like a total yeah. fresh exactly. take. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so as we wrap up today, I wanted to do a little ode to our dads because Carl and I talked about this last time and it's I think it's appropriate segue because of mentorship right mm. um and then my dad definitely mentored me even though I didn't know that that's what it was I thought he was just like telling me I wasn't good enough and like telling me how to do things right so that's that's great you know but that was teenage me um but I wanted to talk about just quickly about how your dad we'll go one by one um influenced you and I know that none of our dads are still with us mm-hmm. I mean they're with us mm-hmm. mm. as we talked about with you know yes. you get signs and signals and it feels really good and affirming to go okay thanks dad like I'm glad you showed up at this moment when I was feeling like what um but like just tell me a little bit about how your dad will start with Carlin um influenced who you are and mentored you well my dad he did anything he wanted to do so I had a really great example of somebody who Put him himself through college. He was a janitor at night. Worked at Farmer John. Um, as he went to USC, killing pigs at night. He had a four zero and got straight into their MBA program on scholarship. Oh my gosh! One of four people who that's did like it. Goodwill hunting type yeah. stuff. He me. had the eye of the tiger. So he was just kind of saying, and he would. 
I won't name names, but he definitely wrote a lot of people's papers at USC for them for money. <laughs> um, side hustle. Yes, yeah. I, it was a side hustle. <laughs> yeah, it's a very but I think people were confused hustle. by him because he was also the life of the party. And they called his nickname was Psycho. <laughs> so I did not know that. Yeah, that's great. Many men and bars have told me stories about my dad. But basically, he went from being a janitor at night to working on Wall Street within the same year. So he told me as a kid, you want it? Go shoot your own tiger so you get your, you, you get your own trophy. Right. That's how you do it. So like I said, like, Dad, I need $400. Oh, there's three fifty in your bank account. Mm-hmm. Go figure out the rest. I mean, it was really – he was always kind of tough on me. And then I think he was just terrified I was his only daughter. So there was a lot of pressure, I think to make sure I didn't get drowned out with all the boys. So I was definitely the princess. I had my own room. But he was definitely a force to be like, if you want it, I can't get it for you. I think that will but ruin you, it. you can get it. You, you're totally capable and more than capable. You got all the tools. You got me as backup, but you got to go do it. Great lesson to learn. Like mm-hmm. basically the world's your oyster. Mm-hmm. I have confidence in your ability to go get it. I mean, what else does a kid need to hear really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And I love you. Well, yeah. Constantly. I love you. I love you. I love you. But yeah, I can't do it for you. I already went to college. You got to go do that. It's your turn. Yeah. Okay. I love it. All right, Alex. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I don't even know where to start with that because, I mean, my dad was like everything. He was the Mm -hmm. coolest guy. Um, But he was an entrepreneur. He was an architect. He had his own business. And I think just seeing that and the hustle obviously informed a lot of my life and my choices. Um, I wish so badly I could talk to him now about my career now because when he passed, I was still at kind of my first job out of college and so much has changed since then. And like he saw me through some of like the struggles of starting your career and I Mm -hmm. wish he could know more of like the second half of the story. Not that Mm -hmm. I still feel like I'm starting my career even though I'm sadly not. But (laughs) um, yeah, he just, when he moved here, he had to get recertified in like all of his architectural classes and had he to didn't speak English. He did not speak English. Yeah. So, I mean, just seeing what he fought for and he really was someone who followed his passions when he knew he wanted to be an architect since he was five. I never really had that thing where I knew from a young age, like this is what I want to do. So, um, yeah, I, I think he just always said, you know, you have to just take advantage of every opportunity. And that has always stuck with me. And also just, you know, I'm okay. I'm a cancer. I'm very emotional about everything. Let's just be honest. I'm an Aries and I am too. I don't know. I have no excuse. I feel all the feels all the time. (laughs) And he knew that. Which is great, but exhausting. And he would always, like even in high school, like you have to be strong. You have to be hard like a rock. Like he had all these phrases in Spanish that he would directly translate into English. So like they never really made sense, but they made sense to me. Right. <laughs> but that has always stuck with me and things he would say, like I'll be in meetings and they'll still like, I'll hear them Open. in my head, like repeat them to myself. But truly, I think the best thing he did for me was how he treated my mom. I think that's yeah. the best thing he ever did for his kids because it really showed us what a relationship is and just seeing them together and how even through the hard times, like obviously no marriage is like perfect a hundred percent of the time, but um, they really had like what you would call goals like that, you know, they Mm -hmm. were each other's lobster. And (laughs) I think just seeing that growing up with that, you know, maybe that's part of why I'm still single because it's, I haven't 
quote unquote settled or whatever you want to call it. But um, to me, it's like all or nothing. Like I want that or I don't want to be in a relationship. So I think that's okay. Yeah. I think that that's, you're just, that's what's coming for you. Yeah. And it's just like, sometimes the lobster takes a bit to show up because they put those rubber bands on its claws and it can't get where it needs to go. But I think, you know, just seeing him in business and growing his business here, it's really interesting being in real estate because every now and again, uh, one of my agents will like send me photos for a property and I'll realize it's one of my dad's houses. And so so that is really cool to be able to still have him show up like that. I remember on uh, my parents' wedding anniversary, the first one after he passed, it was a Saturday and the Daily Pilot showed up that day and a home he did was on the cover. And so that was cool. Like Like, little things like that is just really interesting. But um, I think just seeing him build a business from nothing and – um, just being really scrappy and like never sat like settling for yeah, and always less taking than. every opportunity mm-hmm. and loving his family up in, in amidst all that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just seeing, you know, he had such like an interest in art and architecture, obviously, and so I still have that as well. And it's just kind of interesting to see how the three of us. My older brother is he owns his own business. He's an entrepreneur. And my younger brother, who's probably more of like the true millennial, I guess you could say, like he has built this amazing career and he studied journalism and that was not a great time to graduate and have a journalism degree. And he has truly built himself an amazing career. Both my brothers have. And so I think a lot of that comes from my dad and my mom teaches. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to see the the two sides of it. Um, So, yeah, it's just it always stays with you. I love it. Well, and um, my dad, you know, I think that like, like I said, and I'm not going to go into my whole story, but it's just interesting, like how he was so trying to mentor and coach me. And I always like took every like Wall Street Journal article he sent me clipped out because there was no like sharing a link, you know, Um, (laughs) with highlights. I'm like, oh, he's telling me what to do. This sucks, you know, but I'm like, in hindsight, I'm like, oh my gosh, And I find myself doing things he did, like connecting people. He was such a good connector Mm -hmm. and networker. I'm like, ah, the value in it is like huge. Mm -hmm. So dad, yeah, I know you're up there. Well, no, all our dads are up there and listening, which is fantastic. I'm glad we have three more listeners. (laughs) Thank you. Dads for supporting, (laughs) spread the word, share the link. Um, (laughs) You guys can listen on Stitcher and on Podbean. Um, But I feel like it's cool because now like I I can give that like, and I give, you know, gratitude to do like a gratitude practice, but I've been always telling my dad like, hey, thanks because like I get it now sorry I didn't get it as a you know crazy teen but I get it now it's it funny good. how that happens huh like things you don't really realize or and then you don't realize like, how important oh, they are until after and yeah and you're like, like oh now I get it yeah. cool yeah gotcha um so I just want to say thank you to Alex and Carlin for today I've had thank a blast you. um and it's not about me having a blast, but I like when it happens as well, because <laughs> that's like part of the reason I'm doing this. Who am I kidding? Uh, and I'm super excited for everybody to hear what you had to say. We've debunked a lot of the millennial stuff, which I think is great, because um, I think millennials get a bad rap. And I think that people are people and people are doing their own thing, as they always have. And there's a lot of great stuff to learn. Um, and I'm hoping you guys will start a podcast for like the midstream career thing, because I think that oh. there's something there. Oof. <laughs> so yeah, I know. Something to do in your spare time. Um, but until next time, thank you. And have I'll a great bring day. Yeah. Champagne next bring, time. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my god, great idea. Yeah, I should we should have done that. That. Yeah, I'm not very much of a host as you have seen. Um, okay, so thank you, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>